Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another season of the Odd Life Podcast. I have a guest for you today. I have my friend, Alicia Hill. She is known on Instagram as Lifestyle Wifestyle. And I will make sure to put all this in the show notes. But Alicia and I connected because kind of our shared experiences with health, our childhoods, and I found her through another friend online and really gravitated towards her. She's a a beautiful soul uh, inside and out. And you can't help but honestly want to kind of watch her and her cute little family and pay attention. But her and I connected on a, a different level because of just some things we're going through and some shared experiences and our desire to to heal and our desire to help others and our desire to uh, get to the root cause of what's you know going on in our lives and our bodies and our mental state, whatever, and always kind of keep striving to feel better each and every day. And I think you're going to hear that in our conversation. You're going to learn why she moved to California. You're going to learn about a little bit about her childhood, not a ton, but enough that you understand her desire to live differently than how she grew up and what kind of started her down a, a healthy lifestyle because of some things that she had going on with her with her own health. So um, I hope you enjoy the conversation. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for tuning in. And here is my conversation with Alicia Hill. Well, welcome Alicia to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Hallie. Nice to be with you. Um, so Alicia and I, I'm going to give you a quick, like, I think I did, the, I'll do this in the, in the uh, intro, but uh, Alicia and I met, of course, on social, like I meet everybody I swear these days. Um, and I think it's because of Melanie Nopke, um, because Melanie came from... I was yeah. going to ask you, where was the connection? I, but yeah, so I, Mel- think, I think Mel, because she came from Kansas City. Um, I actually had gone to Health House, their fitness studio here in Kansas City a little bit, and met her way back when her youngest was tiny. And then um, and then she actually spoke at my daughter's, like her uh, senior class, she was in a multimedia journalism class and yeah. she came and spoke about kind of her platform and what she did. And so then I kind of kept following her and followed her off to California. And then she introduced me to you via her stories and whatever you guys got connected out there. And then I just started following you because of your story. Um, you mentioned a lot of your wellness yeah. stuff and what you were going through. And, and uh, it was like diarrhea of the mouth for me. <laughs> you know why though? Because I felt like the more and more I opened up, the more information I was getting from people who had also been in the same place. And I was like, wait, what? And so I was learning so much at the time. So I felt like, all right, I have to open up about this. It was, it was a vulnerable state, but props to Mel. Thank you for connecting us. Um, you've been a friend of mine on here for a few years now, right? (laughs) Now that I've kind of given everybody the intro of how we met, give everybody a quick bio of who you are, kind of what you do, you know, where, where you live, yada, yada. Sure. Um, so I'm currently in Hermosa beach, California, uh, originally born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, gosh, I came out here. I was trying to think about it. It was 2015 or 16. Um, I moved out here with, I think I had 1500 bucks to my name. I packed a U-Haul truck. Um, and I was ready to just start over. I was ready to get out of my hometown where all the trauma (laughs) and craziness Mm -hmm. was, um, and start a new life for myself. And that's exactly what I've done. Um, gosh, when I say it like that, it's been 20, what year are we in? Yeah. 2023. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Getting old, (laughs) Hallie. Um, but you know, I always wanted to act. I didn't know what that looked like. I knew that I had to be in California to do that. So, um, my cousins lived out here. They were the only two people that I knew, um, and she, gosh, what was it? Instant, what, A, AI, wait, what am I trying to say? What's the, the messenger oh, back in the day? A, as AIM? Yeah. It was AIM. AIM. I yeah, AIM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I remember she messaged me and was like, 
you should move out here. I'm breaking up with my boyfriend. Um, I found out he was cheating on me. Come be my roommate. And I didn't give it a second mm-hmm. thought. Um, I packed a truck and I moved out, lived in Orange County for a while. Um, specialized in hair extensions and tried to build my business out there. Um, it was tough mm-hmm. though. You know, I did some random job as an, a car, an auto broker. <laughs> I no sat way. in an office and yeah, it was weird, but it paid the bills. Um, did you do a hair when you were in Phoenix? Did you come from that or did you learn that when you got to California? Yeah. So I didn't do hair in Phoenix. No. Um, it was hair school. I was a beauty school dropout and then came to, came to LA, got certified in hair extensions. And at the time everybody was getting them. So I thought, gosh, I could just specialize in that and, and do that. So that's what I did. I built a website, specialized in hair extensions. I got really good at that and had, um, a really good clientele had a couple people working for me. Um, I, I lived in a work live loft at the time. And then, um, and then it wasn't until I met Spence, my husband, that I started doing the acting and modeling. So he introduced me to his agency. Yeah. And then the rest is history. So meeting Spence, um, and getting into this whole new world, how did that, like, how did that change yeah. for you? Like, cause obviously you went from kind of behind the scenes doing hair extensions and now you're front and center doing a lot of other things, right? From yeah. the camera. Was that something that was hard to well, it was interesting because I did, I did hair. I did, I, I made a good living. Um, but it wasn't ultimately what I wanted to be doing. I wanted mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. act and model more act than model. I never saw myself as a model. Um, so when I met him, he was already in the industry and he was like, you need to be my agent, come to the office. And I, that's what I did. I went in with him and they signed me right away. And my first audition was with him actually. So, um, he, I met him actually through a hair client. So the stars mm-hmm. aligned for the whole thing to work out. It was kind of wild. I, uh, I was with my ex. So I'm, we're, we're, we're kind of missing years here. So <clears throat> I was in a four year relay four four or five year relationship. Um, broke up with him, was looking for a place to move into. Um, I knew I was going to work out of, so I needed it to be mm-hmm. a work live loft. Long story short, um, I gave the realtor, his name was Tab, I gave him my card and fast forward, I find a spot. He then, his wife calls me, gosh, four or five months later and was like, hey, you met my husband, you were looking for a place. Um, He told me you did hair extensions, can I come in? She comes in, becomes one of my clients. I'm doing her hair and she's like, you need to meet my husband's friend, Spencer. You're going to marry him. And I was like, what? No, but he looks fun, right? So she showed me some pictures. Um, we go show up at his work. He was bartending at the time and he was acting and I walked in. It was the closest thing to love at first sight. We've been together ever since. And then we jumped into, to acting and modeling, moved in together. Yeah. We moved yeah. Fast. Hey, when you know, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely how it was. Just to kind of catch everybody up now, you guys do a lot of brain modeling. You model a lot as a family, actually. Yeah, we do. The industry loves that natural dynamic, that that chemistry that that real families have. So we've been super fortunate enough to work a, a lot as a family. I started shooting a little bit when I was pregnant with Parker um, and then did a lot of baby stuff, mom and mm-hmm. baby stuff with him. And then um, there's a sweet spot when they're young. And then there's a not so sweet spot when they're two because the camera yeah. can't catch yeah. them. They're too busy. Um but yeah, we've we've worked quite a bit in the industry and and have had um, some decent success there. It's been super fun. But I always try to tell people, people are like, "Oh, that must be so great." I'm like, "It is." But take your kids to work <laughs> yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> you, you need know? a little break once in a while. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. You, yeah, I mean, it's a lot to manage yourself, let alone your kiddos yeah. on set. So when the kids yeah. are with you and doing jobs. Um, are they coming out of school? Yeah. Like, how do they balance that whole thing? Is that something that's normal in California? Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's not normal, I guess, but it's more common. Um, So they get what they call pink slip and there's usually a, at a certain age, they have to have hours um, documented on set with the set teacher. Um, So if Parker misses school, it's excused. So he'll go, he'll do his work on set and then he'll bring that slip in and get an an excused absence from school. Um, Yeah. So it works out. They don't miss too much school actually. It's... um, it doesn't seem to be an issue. How have you kept grounded in that, especially in the industry that you're in, you know, you're, you're doing things because of 
what you're portraying on camera. How do you keep grounded and not falling into that trap of yeah. superficial and all that? Or is that just a big myth that everyone believes? Well, no, I mean, it's definitely competitive, you know, and when you're going in for an audition with a group of women who resemble mm-hmm. you, but maybe are a little yeah. skinnier or a little taller, or a little younger, that can definitely yeah, get yeah. in your head. So there's a lot of pressure. And I think that, you know, when people come out here with these big dreams and goals, um, let's say you come from a small town, you come to LA with these big, you're, you, you're thrown in the fire and you quickly learn what you need to do to keep up. So you either sink or swim, right? (laughs) And I think that there's not, there's no room. How do you explain this? Um, superficial yes and no. I I guess I I see how it can come off that way, right? Everyone's different. How do I stay grounded? I mean, let's be honest, sometimes I don't. I think that's been my biggest hurdle, biggest challenge in the last few years is trying to find what that meant for for me in that industry. Because you can definitely get in your head. You can start comparing. You can start ripping yourself apart. I mean, I still find myself. I did that yesterday. I was so in my head. I was on set with these adorable 25-year-olds. I'm 38. Mm-hmm. Am I 38? How do, do you just, do you yes, just start you forgetting? Do. 100% we do. No, <laughs> does it, it matter does anymore no. at a certain point? No, it, does it doesn't matter. matter. I don't care. <laughs> Age is just a number. Um, but in this industry, it matters. But, you know, I and, and there's two ways to look at it. It's like, why am I here with these girls? And then it's like, wait, I'm here with these girls. That's right. Right? Um, so flipping your perspective and – and um. I guess just not falling into that stigma or that, that like, I'm a model. I need to be a certain way because sometimes they all do start to act a certain way. Yeah. Right. And it's like, no, we're human. We're all just trying to like pay our bills and use what God gave us. But at the end of the day, it's like, I've had to, I've had to come up with some rituals at home to get to that place before I go to set, before I go to that audition to get rejected, before I do all those things that, there's so much emphasis on your looks and on your beauty. It's like, yeah, that, that can take its toll for sure. That, that gets exhausting. That, <laughs> I mean, it's cool for a little while, right? But then when you have to get your nails done for the fourth time that week, it's not yeah. so fun anymore. Yeah. You know, little things like that. You're like, okay, the upkeep is like taking over. Um, but there's a lot of awesome things to it too. I mean, if flexibility in, in my schedule, you know, I'll work three, four days in a row and then I'll get the next week off to be with my kids. So it's not all bad. <laughs> it's a, it can be a really fun, cool industry too. It's just how, how you deal with it. Yeah. So the, the rituals that you do, I know I kind of, obviously we follow each other on social, so I get to see some things, um, mm-hmm. but tell people kind of what are some of your favorite go-tos, things that you do your rituals that are just like your non-negotiables that you do to stay healthy, to get grounded, mental, you know, physical, whatever. Yeah. I would say I really didn't have, I didn't have like a ritual. I didn't have a, something I had to do every single day to feel good until I got sick, until it was too late, until there were no, there was not a choice in the matter. Right. Um, so in 2019, gosh, is that when it happened? I want to say, I mean, I had been probably not feeling great for a while prior, but 2019 was really when I started to dig deep into my health. Um, and I was told I had Hashimoto's and I was living with mold illness and all that. And we can talk about that too. But, um, it wasn't until I realized, Oh wow, I really need to get outside and get some sun. I really need to go on a walk. I really need to stop eating so much sugar. Like I, it's not a choice anymore. Right. So, I love all the beautiful like morning rituals that we see on Instagram that people make, but like that for my life, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Some days are awesome and some days are not good. Some days I'm on it. Some days I get up my ideal. I'll tell you my ideal morning. I get up before my kids. This is when I notice I have the best days. I get up before my kids, sometimes four 30, um, when it's super quiet, you can hear your own thoughts. Right. Um, I'll, I'll get up, I'll sit, I'll meditate, um, I'll journal, I'll have my water, my electrolytes, I'll try to get hydrated. Um, and I'll just do what I want to do before I hit the ground running, before the, the, the boys run up the stairs and, and it's go time for them. But um, that that to me is a game changer. 
waking up before my kids wake up and doing the things and writing stuff out and mapping out my day, time blocking, you know, understanding like, okay, here's what I have. And I didn't do that today, which is why I'm a little more spazzy. Um, you know, and so it does make a difference. Your energy levels and, um, your focus and everything is, is, yeah, is different. You can, you can feel it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say for me getting up before the kids is, is a number one exercise. 100%. I have to move my body. Um, that's a non-negotiable for me. And it was Pilates for a long time. And then, um, when I got sick, well, it was Pilates because I was so, my joints were so swollen and, um, I could, I couldn't heavy Mm -hmm. lift anymore. So I loved Pilates was my little go-to, but, um, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been challenging. It's been a lot of learning what I respond well to, what works for me, what makes me feel my best, not what everyone else is doing. Good for them if they found something, you know, and I think that we're so easily influenced, um, these days with social media. And it's like, Oh, if that works for her, then that must work for me. It's kind of trial and error. A lot of things that work for other people don't work for me. I'm, I, I finally feel like I've gotten into a nice little routine of, you know, I have my therisage, so I do my infrared sauna. Detoxing has been important for me since I found out I had Sears. Um, and for those who don't know, Sears is, it's a chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And that was brought out by mold, <laughs> mold toxicity. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, girl, it's been, it's been quite the journey, but I'm grateful for it. It's led me to a, a better place. I feel like I've finally gotten to, um, a better understanding of who, who I am yeah. through yeah. it all. I think that's always, yeah. seems like that's always the case with the health issue where a the journey we go through mm-hmm. is like, oh my gosh, the things we've learned, we've become, like we've dug deeper, we've you know had to cut out a lot of stuff that was no longer serving us. And we didn't realize it was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this to myself the whole time. Yes. What the heck? And doctors yes. aren't telling us this is, you know, what you should do. It's more of how can we quickly fix this? Here's a pill, you know? And so I think all of us through our health journeys tend to have to go inside to really listen to ourselves and find the mm. answers because a lot of times we're told by, I've heard so many stories, people telling like, Oh, well I had this and then I had this and then this and this and this because they went to like five different doctors and they all told them they had something different. And it's until you get down to the root cause of what's going on. Do we actually finally right. know how to, how, how to heal this? So tell me about this coming up. Cause you mentioned what four, four years ago at this point, um, you're starting to feel bad. Your joints are achy, your inflammation. Like what was your biggest thing? you had going on? Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I noticed that every day I woke up, no matter what I ate, I could drink water and I was chronically bloated. I looked six months pregnant and I, I have always had a smaller midsection. My tummy has always been pretty fit. That's not an area I carry weight. So it was definitely abnormal for me. Um, And so, you know, I just started sharing that on my social and it was a producer that Spence and I had worked with. He said, you know what? I need to link you up with my good friend who has been having similar symptoms um, related to mold illness. You need to connect with him. And I didn't know anything about mold. I mean, why would you? It's not something that, you know, it's not, and um, unless you experience it. And I thought, okay, I have nothing to lose. I mean, I was, other than the it wasn't just the bloating. It was brain fog. It was chronic yep. fatigue. I felt like I was losing my damn mind. The anxiety was so intense. I spoke with him. He called me and he was like, listen, first of all, you're not crazy. This is what it happens. This is what it does to you. Cause I was like, am I, is this how yeah. it starts? <laughs> is this how people yeah. lose it and like end up, yeah. you know, like in the yeah. somewhere yeah. alone? Yes. <laughs> um, but for me, it was, I was really depressed. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of, you know, and I didn't want my kids to see yeah. that in their mom. Yeah. You know, that's heartbreaking. So on top of that, there's shame yeah. and guilt for feeling yeah. that way. So my body is feeling, completely out of control, completely out of whack. I couldn't recognize myself in, gosh, so many ways. But I was like, okay, there's got to be a reason why this is all happening. Yeah. Um, and so when I spoke to him, I felt so much better. I felt like, oh my gosh, it was the first person that understood the way I was feeling. So I needed to get my, my house checked sure. for mold. 
I mean, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> Trusting someone to come into your house to do a proper check for mold. Yeah. Who knew that was such a, I mean, there's people out there that say you have it just so they can charge you for your exactly. remediation. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's like testing your water. Your I know you went down that road. Yeah, the drinking water guys want to come and test your yeah. water so they can give you this new water, you know, purifier situation. Yeah. 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 Filter. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, but you know what? I, I, I went down that road. I had the, the funds. I had um, the time and energy and the, the mm-hmm. want to make things better. So um, he hooked me up with this mold specialist over in Pasadena, which for me is an hour away. I had to pay out of pocket each visit, um, which I was happy to do. But unfortunately, those functional medicine doctors don't really take insurance. So I think some do, but most of them are pretty expensive, which is unfortunate. But um, so yeah, so I went and saw him and we run like 20, ran like 20 panels of blood work and tested for all the things. And that's when I finally got the answers. But how off the charts were you? It started with how off the charts were you on your mold? Were like you like crazy or were you just even like I have to look back at it? Oh no, it was like right away he was like, Got Oh it. yeah, okay, we need to start Got detoxing. It. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I'd have to pull him up, but um I, I think I was just looking for him to tell me, Okay, you're not losing your mind. This is in fact happening. Um, but you know, there's answers for that. A lot of people don't believe in mold illness. Conventional doctors will just turn you away or put you on meds. When I, my levels came back that showed I had, um, Hashimoto's, she was like, here's what we can do. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not taking a pill. (laughs) I'm not going to take that and then have a whole nother, you know, list of symptoms to deal with what's causing that. Exactly. Right. And I've never actually followed up. I don't know, but I know that I feel better. So that's what I'm basing my, my health, um, on, but, um, but this is deeper than, there's more to it than that, right? It's like if you have a dysregulated nervous system, if you come from trauma and that's your baseline yeah. and then you get mold illness, you're wrecked. <laughs> it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like I was this super healthy person that from the outside you would think, but internally, spiritually, I was a mess. There were no boundaries in my life. I wasn't aligned with my authentic self. I was trying to figure out where I fit, who my true friends were. I was craving authenticity. I was craving honesty. You know, when you come from a home where your parents just chronically lied to you and no, and, and, and I hate saying anything bad about my parents because I do truly believe they did their best. I do believe at that time there was no such thing as mental health. Oh my gosh, no. Right? So our parents, they didn't know how to deal with their stuff, but they had it. And, you know, my mom was an addict and my dad was abusive physically and verbally to her, to us. And I was holding on to all that. And then the the mold illness, it just exacerbated it. And it was just like this like recipe for Mm. disaster. Yep. Right? And so I thought, okay, this is happening to me. There's no turning back. It's time to face all of it. So it was like ending bad toxic friendships. It was setting boundaries. It was saying no to things I no longer aligned with. It was not going out. I don't want to go out. Yeah. I don't, you know, if I don't want to go out, I'm not going out. Yeah. My husband's a very social person. I was like, honey, if you want to say yes to three things this weekend, go for it. I don't have it in me. I don't want to do that. And saying no to things was hard, but it was so necessary. Yeah. So that started down the whole functional medicine world, which is amazing. There's so much info out there, especially on on Instagram. Some of my favorite people I follow and they just, when it, it all started to align, right? I was like, oh, that equals that equals that. So the first thing I found out I had was SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Um, Which is causing a bloating, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, 100%. So I was given a breath test for that. And that's when I found out that I had um, the SIBO. And I first did um, like a Chinese a Chinese herbal approach with it um, to kill it off. But I didn't realize that SIBO was reoccurring. So I would feel better and then I'd feel bad and then I'd feel better. And I was like, okay, why does it keep coming back, right? And so then that's when I learned to go gluten-free. Um, so gluten, it contains a protein that resembles an enzyme um, of your thyroid. So if you have Hashimoto's, 
it can almost like trick your body into thinking that um, it causes your immune system to attack itself. So that was a huge one for me. And I was like, oh, I have to be, I have to be gluten-free. What does that even mean? That seems impossible. It feels so overwhelming. It was a huge lifestyle shift for me. You know, all of it, all of it was, um, although it was happening gradually, it was just, it felt like, I felt like a mad scientist with a whiteboard connecting the dots. And I was like, okay, if that equals that equals that, then this is what I need to do. Right. I didn't, I wasn't seeing a functional medicine doctor. I only saw Jim to, to confirm the fact that I had what I thought. Yeah. And then it was just kind of like, all right, you're on your own. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, and so when I eliminated the gluten, I was also, I've also been dairy free pretty much my whole life. I know that I don't really um, tolerate dairy, but um, then I started to see, okay, the bloating had subsided a little bit and I was starting to feel better. But then I was learning about gut dysbiosis. Um, and I was like, okay, I need a pre and probiotic, right? And it was yeah, just like yeah, all yeah. these things. But um, yeah, it was it was wild. So I had the guy come in. I'm going to go back to the mold thing. I had the guy come in and test it. And it came back that it was the top three um, most highly toxic black mold that you can – one of them was, yeah, of the three. In my kitchen. So when we moved in, we live in an older house and near the beach and – a lot of the, a lot of the homes near the water have mold, sure. right? Um, but it doesn't affect everybody. And um, when we moved in, the wood flooring was a little bubbled, so I was like, okay, there must have been a leak. I didn't think anything of it. But then when I had mm-hmm. that conversation with our that producer's friend, mm-hmm. he was like, "Have there been any leaks? Do you know if there's anyone?" I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, in my kitchen." Yeah. So sure enough, they came in and ripped the floor up and found the mold in the kitchen. Mind you, 2020, I spent 100% of my time in my dining room in my kitchen, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was it was all coming together. I, I mean, I definitely felt a sense of relief knowing that, like, I was getting answers, yeah. you know? I was yeah. trying to get closer and closer to just feeling like myself again. I was done feeling bad. Um, so, yeah, cutting out gluten, cutting out dairy, Um detoxing, sitting in an infrared sauna, dry brushing, uh, castor oil packs, you know, doing all those things. Um, yeah. And then you got your, so you got your kitchen redone you got taken, or at least, you know, taken the mold got taken out. How you guys had left the house. I remember this, you left for like a week to get all this done. You came back. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. could you tell right away? So they did an air test. I said, you have to do an air test after to make sure it's gone. That came back yeah. negative. So um, okay. I felt better about it. Um, no, I didn't feel better right away, but I was doing so many things during that time, right? That I was I was gradually feeling better. So it wasn't like a, oh, instant, instantly I'm better. But um, I was just confident that they took the right test and what he was telling me was true and I was ready to move on. Yeah, my house is mold-free as, as of today. I mean, or as of then, today, that's what I'm choosing to think and believe as long as I feel better. So, yeah. And I know, I do know that what I've learned, I actually had a guy come and test our house as well for mold. We had slightly elevated and we just did some air filters and we're going to test again here in the next couple of months. But yeah, he, he described, um, it's, it, this can be a process. Like you, you get this consistent mold into your body over time and then it builds up and then it's like you like it's like a to the bucket point overflowing. of no return yes and that's yeah. well everyone was like well you've been there six years i'm like well it, it isn't till now that it's affecting me i don't know yeah it's gotten so bad where the toxins are circulating in my immune system to the point exactly. where i can't ignore it anymore exactly. right and then it's like and then but then it takes time to get that out as well it took time to yeah. build up and it's going to take time to, to get rid of it but that detox process it's been I, i'm sure it's it's quite an overhaul of your life. Yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, well, I you, mean, you just want to make sure you're doing it right. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm just picking up bits and pieces of information here and there and trying yeah. it out. Um, yeah. And I know there's there's something called auto intoxication where if you don't detox properly, you're just breaking up all that junk and overgrowth and, and SIBO and you're it's circulating. Um, and I was afraid of that happening. So, um, cutting out processed sugar, eliminating gluten, um, eating, you know, whole foods is really going to help, um, your body detoxify in a, 
in a good way, right? So um, effective way. So I was I was hyper focused on on doing all the things. So um, I would say that it was like six months, six months of being gluten free, where I I felt like I started to take a turn. And notice, okay, my anxiety has subsided, you know, focusing on pre and probiotics um, that help reduce anxiety and understanding gut dysbiosis and how everything takes time. It took time to get to that place. It takes, you know, at least three months to, to have any kind of cell turnover. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in a place now where I feel like um, I've grabbed a hold of of it. And, um, I, you know, a lot of my symptoms have, have, um, they should, they still show up though. I mean, I, I'm definitely not a hundred percent. Um, I don't think we ever are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are we ever yeah. at a hundred percent. What does that even mean? What's a hundred percent? Exactly. I've never been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel better. So that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. So when you probably Oh, you know, like maybe not knowingly gluten mm-hmm. gets in. Can you immediately tell you've had gluten? Like, is your body at that point yet? Um, well, yes. So, well, I guess it depends on, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things about that. I will say though, that the first time I had it, I made the choice. I think it was Easter two years ago. I made the choice or no. I don't know. I don't know timelines. Uh, <laughs> it's a big old it's blur. Funny. I think everything, there's no timeline what, what anymore. Happened? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so whatever Easter, two Easter's ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have this. And it was some like cinnamon roll thing that my neighbor made. And I got so sick from it. Oh yeah. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. Um, yep. So I don't eat it knowingly. I mean, I, I just can't. I can't. My body just doesn't react. It was like a flu. Um, um, that was a big de- learning lesson for me, but I, I, I still have moments where I'll get like a flare up or I'll get bloated or I'll get brain fog. And I'm like, what was it? You know? And I'll try to like eating out is tricky. Cause you just never know what's in everything. I do my best to ask without being annoying. I always feel like I'm like putting people out. That was a hard one for me was being like speaking up at restaurants and, but I'm, I get sick. I can't feel bad about, about it. You know, my husband was like, babe, stop apologizing to the waiter. They don't care. And I'm like, well, but I feel like I'm making their job harder. I just need to know what's in that sauce. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to exactly. eat that. I want to eat that meal. Uh, so has, have you found living in California though? I would think that you have a lot more choices if going out to eat. Cause I mean, you come to the Midwest and there's not a lot of choices as far as uh, sometimes you go and you're like, I can't find it. It's not dairy. And there's gluten and everything and yada, yada. It's hard to find. Do you have, do you find that you have some better options out there or are yeah. you trying to stay away? Regardless? I mean, there's a ton. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton. It's hard for me to go back to Kansas. I'm always either packing my own stuff or, you know, my mother-in-law does a really beautiful job at, at grabbing stuff for me before I come and it's gluten-free and, um, accommodating my dietary needs. But yeah, I mean, LA is definitely a place that's caught on to the the gluten-free trend, if you will. Um, but I think it needs to happen in more places and there needs to be more options, you know? Um, I do see it a little more on menus, places I wouldn't think that they would have it where they'll, they'll offer a gluten-free option. I do see it coming, coming up a little bit more. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely in the right city to be gluten-free, that's for sure. Are you, are you gluten-free? Do I remember seeing something? I do mostly gluten-free. Yeah. Okay. Because I do the same thing. I get my reaction. I get tired. I can yeah, tell if I've had gluten. Same. I'm like immediately like, I'm, I could take a nap. Zonked, like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, if I had a sandwich from Jimmy John's or Subway, I'm like, oh, why am I exhausted after I just ate the sandwich? And I was like, oh. Well, a lot of people don't realize too that it stays in your system for a long time. And some people are like, well, I'm, I'm gluten-free sometimes. I'm like, you, you got to be gluten-free all the time or not you know, you can't sometimes eat it. It's going to affect you the same. If you're going to eat it tomorrow, eat it the next day too. You might as well. Cause you're going to have the same reaction long-term. I have a lot of friends that have gone over to like, let's say Italy or whatever, and they eat bread and all the pasta they and have, they feel amazing. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. trigger them the same. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. And it's, and I, I look at, um, Dr. Zach Bush, if you follow him at all, I was open to a lot of knowledge by starting listening to him talk about just how 
everything is so supercharged here. We're trying to make mass produce all this food for other people to ship or to give to cows or, you know, cattle and, you know, feed, feed animals or whatever. And they create these kind of um, hybrid plants to do this and, and have higher yields. And then it creates this super plant and our bodies aren't able to process it because it's so whacked from the, the original we haven't evolved enough to break mm-hmm. that stuff down. Mm-hmm. Over in Europe, they don't allow a lot of these things and they don't have these supercharged plants and these hybrid, you know, things happening so that they can process it normally. And yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It, so that's why it, I've given it, up on it, it. It is. And I think a lot of people are, are gluten intolerant um, and, and have gotten so used to feeling shitty, to be honest. I think we all feel really bad when we don't know. And that's been a, like a challenge for me. I'm like, how good can I feel? right? I know I feel bad, but I want to feel better and I'll have a really great day. And I'm like, okay, what did I do? I want to mimic that day. What did I eat? What made me feel my best? What was my mindset like? What, how can I replicate that day? Because I was, you know, the, the days where you just feel in the flow and you're hitting on all cylinders and things are working out. Right. Um, and I think, you know, the more that I opened up about feeling bad, the more I mean, hundreds of DMs were coming in. I feel the same way. I'm chronically bloated. I'm fatigued. My anxiety is through the roof. And I'm like, okay, guys, well, what can we do? Let's let's figure this out. But it's hard. It's hard. It's expensive. Living a healthy lifestyle is expensive. And that sucks. <laughs> that sucks that people, that not everybody has access to organic food that can't afford it. And it's, you know, there's, there's a lot to that, but, um, I guess my, I feel like now that I've, I guess, come out on the other side and, um, I want to speak about it more and I want to, I want to help people understand, um, that they're not alone and, and people don't have to suffer in silence. Right. And, and if you wake up feeling depressed and you're sluggish and you're having terrible thoughts, well, let's, let's figure that out. That's how I feel about people and health. And I've always been that person to want to dive deep and dig deep into people's minds. And I'm a fixer. I've always been a fixer. And so when I share my story, I just hope and pray that other people are hearing that. I heard this guy speak the other day. I cannot tell you where, but he made this comment about how People don't care, and this it sounds harsher than it is because I get it. People don't care about your story. They care about how they can relate to your story so they can help themselves. They don't care about my story. They want to be seen and heard and know they're not alone. And I was like, oh, that is so true. I mean, I care about my family, care about my friends. That's that's a different story. But uh, when you're, if I'm just sharing on social to a bunch of complete strangers, they don't care that I'm dealing with anxiety, they're wondering to know how I'm fixing it. <laughs> what are you, what are you doing for that? What are you doing that makes you feel good and alive? And where's that energy coming from? You know? And so I feel like getting sick, um, allowed for me to sort of open up into that world of like, okay, yes, I was, I was raised in a really abusive, uh, home and yes, all these things happen, but you don't have to live as the victim. You don't have to be that person that's, I was getting so wrapped up in my story from my past um, that I didn't know who I was today. I didn't know who I was as a mother. I didn't know where I fit in. I used to always tell my husband, I feel like you'd just be fine without me. Um, that's just not true, right? And, and it's like finding your place in your life and setting boundaries and having goals and having a growth mindset and wanting more for yourself is okay. It's okay. We should all care about ourselves. And I don't think that I loved myself. I don't think I loved myself in a way that was like, um, like a deep, like a deep self-respect. I was lacking that. I was, uh, you know, and I think taking care of myself showing up for myself, setting those boundaries, ending those toxic friendships and relationships and saying no to things that I didn't want to do that. It's not selfish. It's, it's, it's necessary. And it it can come off that way. It's like, God, this girl's so into herself. No, I'm just trying to survive 
and be the best that I can be and feel good and show up in ways that matter for me, show up for my family, show up for my husband, you know, showing up, giving back, doing those things that, that matter, that truly matter. And I think the lines were getting a little blurred. You know, you asked me earlier with the industry, it was like, how do you deal? How do you stay grounded and in, in a very surface world? And it's like coming back to my why, coming back to who I am and who I want to be and what I want to give back. And I'm, I'm definitely different on set. I'm more outgoing. I try to connect with people. I have deep conversations. You know, yesterday I was talking about health and wellness with the photographer and they're like, Hey, we need to shoot. And I'm like, wait, wait, I want to hear your story. I want to connect with people, you know? And so, and, and, and jumping around on, on set is super fun. Don't get me wrong. I, I do love it. It's an outlet for me in so many ways. Um, but coming back to, I don't want to say purpose. Cause I don't think that we're, yes, we have a purpose, but I also struggle with that is like, I think we spend so much time in our life trying to find our purpose when just being us is our purpose. Yeah. Being a yeah. kind human is our purpose. Sharing yeah. your story is your purpose. Being vulnerable, being authentic with communicating what you want and what you don't want in your life is our purpose, right? There's such a lack. I had this thought the other day there. I think it's how we're, we're raised 100% in our environment and, and what we're taught and shown and all the things. But People are afraid to say things out of fear they're going to hurt someone's feelings. I'm not responsible for your feelings. I will never intentionally say something to hurt anybody. Those are not my intentions. My intentions are to get to the truth. My intentions are to open line of communication to say, hey, what's going on here? Here's how I'm feeling. Can we connect and get to the bottom? Because I, I... Guarantee at the end of that conversation, when those that line of communication is opened up, you're going to hug it out. You're going to have happy tears. You're going to go, I'm so glad we did this because I was so wrong, right? And I think that I was harboring. I was holding on to all this static energy and trauma and things that I wasn't doing or saying that I needed to do for myself. I needed to like come out as myself, my weird self, my like not so perfect self, my um, kind of obnoxious self. Like I am learning. I grew up in a home where my parents didn't have friends. They didn't have a social life. There was too much dysfunction going on. And I think it was, oh my gosh, what's my favorite girl? <sighs> Psychologist, Nicole, uh, Le- Nicole LaPera. Thank you. LaPera? Yes. LaPera. Yep. Um, I love her, love her. She, she has a book. It's how to do the work. And she was talking about that. She's like, not enough people talk about, like, I didn't have that modeled for me. Right. But people assume that I had it all figured out. It was almost like this. People assumed things from me by the way that I looked and came off. And it was like, hold on. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like when I host people or have people over, I love you, mom, but you didn't show me shit. Yeah. I'm <laughs> winging it right now. I am winging, winging it. it. Yeah. There's where my acting yeah. skills, maybe that's why I'm good yeah. on camera because I've been <laughs> acting my entire life. Right. I feel like we're all actors. Yeah. Some of us just get paid for it. And we're all just trying to like that's right. live up to some idea. What's this idea that we, that this perfect picture, sorry. Nope. Nope. And I, and I still get yep. caught up in it for sure of like, I do this and this and this and that and not sharing more of the messy sides. Um, because I, I, you know, we have this vision of how we want it to be. And so we be that, right. Emulate that. But I, I'm also like, wait, no, that's not true. Here's how it went. The kids had cereal for dinner. I did not make a gourmet dinner on pretty plates with the most beautiful setting in my kitchen. Like we had a dance party. They had yeah. cereal with banana added some potassium and then we moved on, but there was like nothing, you know, so struggling there has been, has been a challenge for me for sure. Um, no, I was asking about the, the part where, cause I think sometimes one thing can spark the other. So do you feel like getting healthy physically sparked a lot of your like spiritual, emotional awakening oh, and like sure. healing or was it the opposite? No, getting sick definitely took me to a new level of consciousness. Um, yeah. And it, and a new place of like, not just awareness, but like 
where I was spending my time, who I was spending mm-hmm. it with. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say woke me up, but it, it, it really did. It really, really, it all matters. It all matters, you know, and I've always been a super sensitive person because I had to be because of my surroundings, um, hypervigilant person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when I got sick, I was like, okay, what makes me feel unsafe when I do this, when I'm with this person, what makes me feel safe? Oh, when I'm with this person. Okay. Do more of that. Yeah, exactly. What makes you feel confident? Oh, when I do that, all this stuff was coming to light, all these realizations, self-realizations and just the desire and want to feel better, do better, be better. Right. I just wanted to be, I feel like uh, Oprah said it. Who was it? Um, and if you know better, you do better. And I just wanted to, I want, I want to be the best version of myself. And I think I felt so stuck for so long and getting sick was like the last and final cry. It forced you to address a lot of things because you physically couldn't keep going the way that you were going. Whereas I think emotionally and spiritually, we've learned to stuff it away so much. We learned how to cope. We learned how to do all these other things that were unhealthy, but it didn't affect us. We didn't think it affected us because it wasn't showing up physically yet. Right. Or it was, and we just weren't recognizing it for what it was. Or you're taking medication and putting a bandaid on it. Yes, exactly. Or, you know, you're staying up late, you're, you're, you're overspending, you're, you know, finding other ways to cope and whatever, however you're trying to fill that hole of whatever's going on. Uh, you know, growing up, isn't it funny how you find a way to just kind of exist and how to stay safe and whatever that is. And then once you realize, Oh wait, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then you find out the way, what feels good. And you start to discover those things. Then for me, it was, I don't want my kids to ever feel like the way that I felt growing up. And that's a huge motivator for me to do things differently is to then break that cycle. Yeah create something different for my family. Um, So I was going to ask you about this with your your kids and and even Spence. Do they recognize, are they doing more things now differently because of what you've gone through? Like, have you seen the trickle down effect of a lot you've done? Well, in terms of getting healthy, you mean, or passing on the trauma? (laughs) Because there's, there, you know, it, or healing healing it. it. Well, so my son, my older son is a lot like me. Um, maybe has a little bit of anxiety. He's sensitive and I, he picks up, I'm a very empathetic person. He, so is he. Um, so what I do now is I just try to get on it with him, get on those things and, and help him navigate, provide those tools I didn't have growing up, right? That's all I can do is, is take notice in, in what, what's going on there, calming his nervous system, explaining to him that he is enough. I think a lot of my personality um, was born out of lack of feeling loved, right? And yeah. all the attention yeah. and focus was on my parents growing up. And so I was always like, hey, 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 me, 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 me. Um, and not that he you know, he doesn't have the same story because Spence and I are very involved. We show up, we're, we're very present and, you know, we, they're very loved, but he definitely has, um, a lot of my characteristics. And I, I just, we do breath work and I sit with him and we meditate and I try to teach him, um, yeah, just, just what it means not to be so reactive and controlling, you know, I think maybe he picks that up from me. I'm, I still, I still have my controlling side, you know? Yeah. It comes out in, in different times for different reasons, but, um, yeah, I think I'm a very conscious person. I'm a very aware sometimes to a fault. Um, so I just do my best to provide him with the tools that I feel are necessary for him at that, mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's going to take time, but you know, when when you can break that cycle and you can show them the right tools Mm -hmm. to use, we don't always do it right. We we mess up. We still fall back on some old things, but at least I think the important part of being more aware and more conscious of it is that 
we get to apologize and say, you know what, I messed up. I didn't do that thing right. Taking ownership. Something that we never. Yeah, yeah, being transparent. Oh heck, no! I still to this day, I could beg my mom for an apology or take ownership. It's not happening. Um, Yeah, that that's a huge point, a great point you brought up because I think. you know, when I have those bad days or have those moments I'm not so proud of, or, you know, I'm in a funk or whatever, I say, Hey, look at me. Let's sit down for a sec. What I am going through, you know, is, has nothing to do with my love for you. It has nothing. I love you more than anything, this whole world. And if right now you're not feeling X, Y, Z, here's why. And I'll, you know, apologize, take ownership. And he says, I know mommy. And sometimes he'll come in and I'll say, are you stressed? (laughs) I'll go, yeah, mommy's a little stressed. I'm going to go for a walk. I'll be right back. And he'll say, okay, see you soon. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm human. Here's what I do to solve my issues right now. I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go, I, I, I put myself in timeout. I say, hey guys, mommy needs a 15 minute timeout. I'm going to my room. I'm shutting the door. And they'll say, okay, see you soon. <laughs> and you know what I notice is my, 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 I notice my son, he'll go, I need a minute. And he'll go to his room and I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Take a minute. <laughs> Take a nap. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come back when you're, you know, not going to yell at your brother or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I think that's the biggest, I mean, if anything, that is what I feel like I'm, I'm here to break that cycle Yeah, because I'm becoming more aware that's of awesome. all the things that were happening and just like, you know, um, recognizing that it can stop with me. That's beautiful. And it may have, I may not have it perfect. I may no. not have it all figured out, but at least I am owning up to when I do screw up. I am letting them know the story, letting them know this is why I've done this for so long and I'm apologizing to you now. I'm trying to learn to do better mm-hmm. and this is how I'm trying to do it and just stick with me a little bit. And I just hope that, and I, I, and I can see it in my own kids. I can see there's, there's sure there's things that they fall back onto that are not healthy behaviors, but for the most part, we have great conversations. We talk about everything. Awesome. They come to us with everything. And that's like, again, unheard of. I never I had up. that ever. I was always listening through the door. Being like, what's going on? Right? Waiting for a plate to break in the kitchen. Oh, dad's mad again. It was always like, uh, I was walking on eggshells my entire childhood was like unsafe. And no, we don't want that for our kids. So that's that's really beautiful. I love that for you. Um it's it's not easy work. It's it's a lot. And it's never gonna stop. It It does not stop because we're always gonna try and keep evolving and keep growing and you know, we all keep, I think, uncovering things about ourselves as we keep going. And I, I think this whole, that's part of this whole, honestly, the whole podcast is I want to keep sharing these stories so that women can see this is not a, there's no end goal here. It's, it's a continual process. It is. And I just want to inspire women to keep digging, to keep looking for that. You said it perfectly earlier, that authentic part of you, that happy part of you, the part of you that is your most authentic self. And it took so long to find mm-hmm. it. And then when you do, it's, it's so important to keep showing up and in trying to keep uncovering the real you and, and finding your self love and your self care and all those things that we've been putting to the side for so yeah. long, because I'd have just like you said, survival well, yeah, and or, or whatnot, being, but. you know, scared of judgment. And, and I think I spent a lot of my twenties and early thirties being afraid of what people thought why? Like who cares? It's so much easier said than done. But at the end of the day, why do we care so much what other people think? What other people think? Why? When you can wake up and go today, I mean, as long as you're a good person making good choices, living your truth, why do we care what other people have to say about how I'm living my life or what I, how I show up? Right. I mean, it's, I think that took a long time for me to get to that place. My husband has been a great role model for me. Um, he is that person. He is amazing and has amazing energy. And gosh, when I met him, I was like, ha- I- I'd never known anyone in my life that existed like him before ever. That was just positive. So like self-assured. Yeah. Self-assured. Just confident, positive, yeah. but yeah. like the way he connected with people so effortlessly. And he's like, I, I don't care what people think. I'm going to wear this funky outfit and rock it because it's what I want to wear. It's what I want to do. And I was like, wow, you can do that. And I think that that was a, a huge realization for me as I got older was like, 
we get to live how we want to live our life. We get to, I mean, obviously there's some other factors. If you go to a nine to five job, that's your cut. You have restrictions and limitations, but in terms of what you dream up, you know, what you want to manifest, what you think you can have that life. You can truly create the life that you want. And I think that we've forgotten how to dream. We mm-hmm. think we have to be a certain way and walk a certain way and wear a certain thing. And it's like, no, you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't really have to do any of that. Right. It's, a, it's following a certain path, a certain role. And I mean, we get stuck in these mindsets mm-hmm. and just ruts and direction of what we're supposed to do. And, and there's not a lot, like you said, a lot of dreaming and a lot of thinking outside the box or just showing up exactly who you are. It's, it's trying to fit a mold. Yeah. And I get that, but that's what feels safe for some people. And a lot of people aren't willing to be, or don't want to be, or aren't meant to be a cycle breaker. They don't want to do that work. They don't want to show up and they're okay with their day to day. Right. And that's okay. But for me, for me and you, it sounds like, um, you know, we want to continue to grow. I want to push limits. Um, within myself. I want to do the hard things and be in uncomfortable situations. I want to do that. And, and I think a big part of it is I let go of the fear of looking stupid or sounding stupid. Yeah, I'm letting go of that. That is something that has held me back. I somehow got this uh, belief as a young person that I was not smart. And I'm like, wait, that's the story I'm telling myself. Right. And, and I'm letting that go. I don't care. I don't care if I don't sound like the smartest person in the room, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to grow. Right. So if, if you can go on with your day to day with the mindset of like, where are my intentions? Are they honest? Are they pure? Are they making me happy? Is, is what I'm doing aligning with what I truly want to be doing? I think a lot of people don't they say yes to things they don't necessarily want to do out of fear of hurting someone's feelings, but you're draining your energy. You're draining yourself. You're not following your heart. And yes, there are times like my husband will tell me, he's like, you have to show up for your friends. You have to do those things even if you don't want to. And yes, there's a time for that. But guess what? You get to pick and choose. You get to pick and choose what you want to do. And that was a big one for me. I didn't, I, I, I was kind of thinking I had to do everything, be everywhere all the time for everyone. I'm like, I don't, yeah, no, no more. Only like what speaks, what speaks to you and do that thing. And yeah, yeah, I think that's the the big aha I've had with a lot of stuff is that this is my life too. This is my life. Yeah. And and I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, all those things. But I get to choose what I do and where I go and how I do it and who I show up as and whatnot. And I think for so long, and I think that's something probably our shared trauma as well is that we have put ourselves last or are we show up differently? I was always kind of like, let's crack a joke. Let's make this a happy moment. Let's try and pretend this is all isn't happening. Yeah. And so I wasn't able to truly like do what I wanted to do because I was trying to make everybody else happy um, and pretend it's not happening or whatever. But when we, um, we get to show up as our authentic selves and we get to choose the things that make us feel safe or make us feel happy mm-hmm. or um, at peace or whatever that is. And that may be staying home more. It may be like, I don't want to hang out with a thousand people. I want like two people. That's it. In my exactly. Life. I got this and I've got that. You know, there's, it doesn't have to look like everybody else's situation. Uh, but I think that that shared trauma that we both have had growing up has been just having to let go of what we, you Stories. know, self-preservation. Well, yeah. Whatever we had tried. Yeah in the self-preservation we had for so long and, and trying to find out who we truly are. And I think that's really a huge task, but man, is it worth it? It's worth the work yeah. when you start to uncover who you really are and you can kind of like take a deep breath and like, I'm good. I'm good with doing this. I'm good with doing that. I'm good with being this person and I'm okay with you not liking it. And that's when you said boundaries yeah. are, you know, those are so important. I'm re- listening to um, Melissa Urban's book right now, a book on boundaries. And it's really good. And I think if a person's been, uh-huh. if a person's not big on boundaries, I think it's super, yeah, super helpful. It's big to like learn to say no and it's okay. And uh, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think it sounds like you've you've done a, a lot of work. I have, but you're gonna you, you're gonna piss some people off. You're gonna make qu- people question themselves. You know, there were a lot of friendships that I ended, um, and not because I don't necessarily like that person, but because it felt maybe unsafe. I, I don't know how to explain it other than the yeah. lack of trust. Right. And I think that when you come from trauma, it's like all you want is to know that you're going to be around people who have your back and you can trust, um, what that person's saying. And so, um, yeah, making those changes was not, was not easy. It extremely hard actually. Um, but I know in the end, um, I'm getting closer to who I want to be, I guess. Yeah, who I want to show up as every day, the, my my fullest potential. So I love it. It's big potential. I know you've got some things you're you're pursuing. Tell everyone kind of what you're pursuing right now. I know you're you're doing some studying yeah. and learning. Um, I finally, fa- I feel like I finally found something that I'm passionate about, um, and that was the biggest blessing that came out of of getting sick and, and dealing with all the the health issues over the last couple of years. Um, well, so I enrolled in Mind Body Green, which is a functional medicine health coaching program. Yeah. So um, it's three days a week and it's it's a huge adjustment for me and my family because it's at 7 a.m. And my you know, that's like the prime time to get your kids up and out and fed. But my husband's a big supporter and his he's amazing. So I have that support, but I'm excited for that. I'm excited to do one-on-ones and just help people um Find that place to start. Yeah. I'm happy for you to, to have that. I know what it's like to have Thank something you, that feels like you're, you know, connected to something that's deeply rooted within you and, and how you yeah, can make an it, impact and help people. So I get it. Thank you. Yeah. I do feel super aligned with it. So I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for it. And when you, when you find that, man, there's a piece that just comes over you like, ah, oh, this is what it feels like to be in the right place and doing the right thing. Oh my gosh. I was in tears. Yes, it was. It was like a light bulb one morning. I thought, oh, Oh my gosh. And then all my favorite functional medicine practitioners and doctors and nurses were on the faculty of this, of this program. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is so perfect for me. I love helping. I love getting in people's business. I love diving deep and I can get paid for it. (laughs) That makes it's rewarding and it's not just collecting a paycheck. You're actually making an impact. And I think that's awesome. I'm excited. So how, so you started this process, what, a couple months ago? ago? Yep. So it's 20, it's a 20 week program. Um, yeah, I'm five weeks in, so a little ways to go, but it'll be, it's shorter than a pregnancy. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I was, I was kind of fearful and apprehensive about starting school because I just wasn't good in school with it, ADD and all that fun stuff. And, um, um, but it's been really good. It's been surprising. Like I'm engaged and I'm into it. It's amazing what happens when you're actually. <laughs> You enjoy the subject. Um, enjoy the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, learning. yeah exactly. uh, interested. Yeah. yeah. Tell me the one thing that's making you feel odd right now. And of course that's A W E D awake, well, empowered. Awake, well, empowered. Um, I think mostly for me, it's, it's showing up. It's, it's aligning with myself and being authentic. Um, awake, let's see, well would be just, yep. Following my routine, um, knowing when to slow down, resting when I don't feel like I have the energy, listening to my body, being intuitive and following your gut intuition, right? It's like that, that, that speaks to you, that feeling, you know, when you just need to just pause, listen to that voice, um, empowered, you know, I, I think it's, it's, um, being able to give back, having a growth mindset. I just want to continue to grow. I want to continue to educate myself. I want to continue to connect with people and inspire and and help. Um, and if my story can help somebody, then I'll continue to share that um, without judgment and yeah, truth and honesty. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, I'll share on the um, the show notes kind of where people can find you because you mostly hang out on Instagram. Is there any place else that you want to direct people to? Um, nope, just there. I'm mostly, I don't, I'm not really good with like creating content, but I show up in my stories quite often. <laughs> not a content creator. I just like to show up, pop up. Yeah. Well, eventually so. you'll probably have a website with when you get to your functional yes. stuff. So we'll have to do a little update and make sure I get that in there so that. that we can direct people yeah. your way. 
Oh my gosh. I love talking to you and I love connecting and, you know, on our DMs, I feel like you and I have some similar things we just connect on and, uh, I don't know. I get yeah. to live vicariously through you on in California <laughs> while I'm stuck in the snow, so I kind of enjoy. We need to get that. We need to get that walk in, though. I'm gonna, yes, we sure I'm gonna do. hit you up when we're in Kansas again. Yeah, let's, um, do, let's do that. And I enjoy talking to you too, Holly. Have a great yeah. day. Okay. You too, honey. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Okay. okay. Bye bye. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.